everything within me uh, is against any kind of celebrity culture in the church. It just doesn't belong here. Um, Jesus is the hero of the story. And uh, I tell you what, I have yet to meet someone with an unsanctified ego who actually wants the limelight and wants their fair share of the fame who doesn't run into trouble. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and we are back for yet another conversation with the best kept secret. We want to thank you for joining us. I am not here by myself. I know I never am. Y'all are always here strong showing up and I appreciate that. But in honor of our last episode of this season, our co-host Tanya is with us. Tanya, girl. Hello, how are you? <laughs> hey, Liv. Oh my gosh, I am so good. I cannot believe you just said last episode of the season. I feel like it was just the other day when you're like, hey, sis, do you want to join me? And in my heart, I was like, yes. But in, you know, I was kept my response posh and I was like, yes, sure. Thank you. <laughs> You so, are so yeah. right. It feels like it was just yesterday that we were hitting record. And my goodness, it has been full. It has been a full season. We have had so many conversations. And I have to tell you, sis, I can't imagine this season without you. I cannot. You enriched every single conversation um, so beautifully. I think it would have been absolutely boring if it would have been just me presenting one <laughs> And also... I just, I appreciate, you know, all the opportunity that we had to shine a light on so many different women as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here. Oh my goodness, y'all. We appreciate you. We got a review that came through a couple of weeks ago and Tanya and I were talking about this just a little while ago. Mm -hmm. If you're in another country, you actually have to click over to to actually see the reviews that have come through in their respective countries. It's absolutely crazy. And I found it out way too late, I feel. But here we are. We know it now. And so we had a review come through. And you just shared that you really have enjoyed the conversation and the sisterhood that has gone forth here. That has been really, really sweet. So thank you. Thank you for that. Tanya, uh, yeah, so I think I cut you off. How are you, though? You good? <laughs> I am good. I am thankful. I love to hear those reviews. I love what we've enjoyed in this season. Like, I'm good. I'm in reflection mode now as we're winding down. And it has been such a blessing to just join with you. You you are such an awesome podcast host. I have to say that. You are actually so awesome all in your own. So I am so honored literally so honored that you would just call me to join you in this and so just just humbled and thankful and honestly still excited <laughs> to be yeah. the co-host of the best kept <laughs> secret podcast because I truly believe it's a blessing I know everyone who tunes in is absolutely blessed and enriched like in a different way with every single episode so congratulations to you for just for just leaning into God and for just for keeping with it 
for continuing to have conversations that are important, that are relevant, that are critical to the time and the season that we live in right now, and that are overall a blessing to the listeners. Thank you, Liv, for real. Thank you. I appreciate that. I am just going to take a moment with that because, you know, I have been one to kind of push off compliments and just rush past them uh, in my own insecurity. And so I just appreciate you saying that it fills up my soul and speaks life in a few areas that feel exhausted. (laughs) <laughs> so thank you thank you y'all we have such a beautiful conversation coming through today when i saw the title of this book i was like sir will you come onto the podcast because um we need to have this conversation this would be the perfect finale for a season on integrity, right? Mm-hmm. We don't get our conversation together, then mm-hmm. we really, really have already compromised a good portion of our integrity right out the gate. And, you know, James 1.26 kind of elaborates on this a little bit more. James 1.26 out of the Christian Standard Bible says, if anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. My God. (laughs) I love James. James is one of my favorite books in the entire Bible because he does not play. Play. Like, look, we got work to do. He comes right out of the gate, you know, calling himself a slave of Christ. And we know, we know that as one of Jesus's earthly brothers, one of his half brothers who did not follow the Lord when Jesus was walking on the earth, he has a reason to come out the gate and say, we got to get this thing together because we have to make the most of every single moment. And I believe it's Dr. Tony Evans that actually says, if you like the book of Proverbs, you will also most likely like the book of James because there's a lot of conversation about wisdom and how important it is to, you know, walk in truth. And so some very practical stuff here, which is why I love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, this might as well be an altar call. I need prayer. <laughs> Somebody read this at church and the last scripture, I'd be like, no, I'm on. I need I need the grace of the Lord because honestly, it's so true. And I love how James speaks. And side note, I love that that indication of how Proverbs and James are so uh closely related in terms of the way that it teaches how to walk wisely in the world. It's actually such a good point. Thanks, Dr. Tony Evans. So much wisdom. James 1.26. This is just, as much as it kind of hits hard, it's just the facts. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to believe when someone says they're a believer and they have no regard for how they speak. They have no understanding of the weight of their words and the impact that their words have. To say that we're a believer and we have no 
regard for how we speak, how it may impact someone, how we may offend, that we may need to apologize sometimes, how we need to come off even when asking. I love actually the title of Mark Batterson's book as well, because it just puts things in plain language for Christians. It's not like, ask and it shall be given. No, please. <laughs> like, you know, believers say please. Believers say sorry. Believers say thank you. And it's it's very important that we navigate this world as believers, conscious of using words like that and terms like that, and um, just conscious of how we communicate and how we are perceived when we communicate to other people. It's one thing to say something. It's another thing to understand how you are perceived when you're mm. saying something. And it's a slow walk. It's not no quick walk or sprint. Mm. Ooh, it's a slow walk. It's a humbling walk. It's a sanctification walk. And it's going to take time. And it's going to go through seasons. And some days you're going to feel like, ooh, I'm getting this. And other days you're going to be like, ooh, I'm on the floor. I need the altar oh. again and again and again. But I love that God is patient with us through this. I can say that as a mother, this scripture is challenging and refreshing because in my walk with motherhood, I have found, ooh, I really am lacking in the self-control area, that area to manage myself and my emotions in the midst of tantrums, in the midst of difficult situations with the children. And real, I've been seeking God and really asking him like, Lord, I need help with self-control. It is a fruit of the spirit, right? But yeah. I am thankful that God is at work in me and it's mm -hmm. getting better. I'm getting better at taking a deep breath, at thinking before I speak, mm -hmm. at saying mommy needs a moment and literally taking a moment before I respond or react to every situation. And um, I've always been conscious that I need to apologize, that I need to say please and thanks, even to my children. Yeah. But I'm much more aware of, okay, I can apologize, yes, and I also need to model repentance, which mm -hmm. is changed behavior, you know? So I'm just thankful. And um, I just want to, again, encourage anyone, if James 1 verse 26 makes you feel like you need to go to the altar, it's okay. We're all at the altar and God will help you walk this out. But your communication absolutely matters as a believer. Yes, yes. Girl, you have been so transparent on this. We just appreciate you because we know you a bomb, huh? We already know. The Lord has blessed you. He has blessed those sweet babies. I just enjoy, you know, all of the interactions that you have that I get to witness off camera, in between takes, all the things. <laughs> My goodness, you are so such a beautiful blessing to those babies' lives. And the Lord knew exactly what he was doing when he called Tanya to be their mother. So we just thank you for going first and sharing some of those other areas that he's yet working and building mm -hmm. up in your life because it gives mm -hmm. us permission to share the same. Yeah. <sighs> he is faithful. And I have walked through some difficult things on my jobs and in the places of influence that I have the opportunity to show up in. And he has been faithful. And I appreciate that. I had a moment just a couple of weeks ago when I felt the Lord inviting me to host a 
small prayer at my school for the faculty there for the first time. And when I felt that impression in my heart, I immediately began to reflect on how I show up, what I do, what I say. And although I don't get it all right and I don't always do everything perfectly, I had so much peace about leading it. It would have made it a lot more difficult for me to stand in a place of prayer on behalf of a school that is made up of a majority of non-believing faculty to lead them in prayer. And I was grateful that I had peace because it has not always been that way. It was a whole moment. And y'all have helped me grow in significant ways for sure. I wasn't sure if even one person would show up, to be honest. But we had between 15 and 20 people there. And most of them were non-believers. And it was absolutely moving. It was definitely a milestone in my faith. And those three words, please, sorry, and thanks, have been game changers in my life. Particularly... That second one. Sorry. So I'm excited to get into this conversation today as we look at our words more specifically and the value that they add to our lives as we continue to grow and mature and just hold one another accountable and help encourage one another in the word. Amen. 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 It's that time, y'all. My co-host Tanya and I are back with another woman you should know. Tanya, sis, who do we need to know as the last woman that we should know for this season? Oh boy, I I feel like I have to take a deep breath before I start on this woman of God. I know that you know her, Liv, Mm -hmm. and I think that she's, yeah, I know that you've worked with her on this podcast before, but she is, she, she is more than a woman that we should know. Like she's absolutely a woman of God that we absolutely should partner with and can learn from and literally lean from like we can catch some of her oil literally okay she is dripping she, she's dripping she like dripping. and she's dripping her name is vanya vanya caprietta and um i just i thank god for her because she i know her personally now and i bless god for her she is a wife she's a mother of four but she's also the visionary behind the prayer closet And that's actually an online community platform that strives to empower women to develop and maintain a strong prayer altar with God. Listen, her mission is to teach women how to utilize their weapon of prayer effectively. And lives will be changed and minds will be transformed. When she gets started in prayer, it is hard to not be moved to like literally get up either physically or just get up in your spirit and pray. She prays with authority. She prays like she knows it's hitting the bullseye and the father is going to be acting and demons are also going to be fleeing as she prays. And I love that because it just, it encourages a Christian to know that my prayers are getting somewhere. My prayers are doing something. And that encourages you to be more consistent with prayer. When you feel like prayer is not doing anything for your life, you really can get discouraged. But when you get 
comfortable understanding that there is power in prayer. There is deliverance in prayer. There is victory in prayer. You you are more inclined to pray and more inclined to pray often. Mm, I mean, it's so true. I have had the opportunity to work with her online, mind you, online in a variety mm-hmm. of settings. And when I tell <laughs> y'all, she truly has been such a blessing to the ministry that the Lord has led me to lead. She came through years ago for the Unconditional Prayer Challenge. And she was supposed to be on the podcast because we were supposed to release that last session with all of the speakers, Ty Scott King, Vanya Caprietta, all of the speakers on the podcast. But y'all, that was my ultimate podcast fail. That was the first and thankfully last podcast fail I have had of that magnitude because your girl forgot to push record. Mm. And so it didn't get anything that we shared. And I have cried about that for years, ever since. But then she came back this past winter and supported Mm -hmm. us with the commitment, which is the Mm -hmm. fasting challenge that I hosted. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Tanya, for bringing her here as a woman you should know. Mm -hmm. It's been an absolute pleasure just journeying with you for season five. (laughs) <laughs> of the best kept secret podcast. Oh, such a pleasure. Love you, sis. My girl, Vanya, truly does help me to just snatch my whole prayer life back together whenever I feel as if it is floundering. But she's not the only one. Today, I am incredibly honored to introduce you to Dr. Mark Batterson. Dr. Mark Batterson serves as lead pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C., one church with multiple locations. NCC also owns and operates Ebenezer's Coffee House, the Miracle Theater, the D.C. Dream Center, and Capital Turnaround as gathering places for the community and funding for kingdom causes. Mark serves as lead visionary for the Dream Collective, which equips and supports dreamers who long for revival in the church, reformation in the kingdom, and renaissance in culture. Mark holds a Doctor of Ministry degree from Regent University and is the author of 23 books, including the New York Times best-selling The Circle Maker, as well as In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, Wild Goose Chase, Double Blessing, Whisper, and most recently, Win the Day and Do It for a Day. Mark is married to Laura, and they live on Capitol Hill. They have three children, Parker, Summer, who is married to Austin, and Josiah. Please help me welcome Dr. Mark Batterson to the Best Kept Secret. All right, y'all. I am just so incredibly thankful for our guest's time today. My goodness, Dr. Mark Batterson, I have to thank you for your work and your time today. How are you? Doing great. It's a joy to be with you. Yeah, I'm super grateful. I know y'all are wondering, like, how did Liv get Pastor Mark Batterson on the podcast? Girl, I'm asking the same thing. Um, But Pastor Mark leads NCC. If you are not familiar with National Community Church, you need to check it out. It is such a beautiful ministry. 
And Pastor Mark, I want to thank you for the prayer team that you have established and that continues to flow and run because when I was in search of a prayer team to get connected to in a really pivotal season that I was walking through, you just so happened to be on TV talking about this upper Zoom. And so I am, I'm excited. We're going to talk a little bit about prayer today, but we are going to talk about your newest book, Please Sorry Thanks, the three words that change everything. Can you please tell us, why did you decide to write this book? Yeah, well, you know, I, I have to give a little bit of credit to my mom and dad who said at, at a very early age, Mark, it's really important that you say, please, sorry, thanks. And so, you know, most of us know those as the three magic words, but they are only as effective as they are authentic. And, and there's an art and science to each of those three words. And so I feel like you know, if you're good at please, sorry, and thanks, you're good to go. Like your marriage is going to benefit from it. The workplace is going to be a healthier culture because of it. Um, re really, you only have to be good at three things. If you're good at please, sorry, and thanks, I, I think it's going to set you up for success in whatever you do. And so it was just a simple concept. I think it, I think the genesis, um, was many years ago when I was writing, praying circles around your kids. Dang. I was just trying to simplify parenting because anybody with kids has beat themselves up a time or two for, you know, feeling like a failure, feeling like, you know, we get so many things wrong on the parenting front. But uh, one of the things I've come to realize is that the mistakes you make as a parent actually create the greatest opportunity you'll ever have. And that is to teach your kids how to apologize. How are they going to learn if they don't learn it from a mom or a dad? Yeah. And so uh, that's a little bit of the backstory that, you know, the book is, has not been out for long, but it's been really fun to see the impact in different cultures, in different teams, in different workplaces. Uh, so Please, sorry, thanks. I love that. I love that. And it has been really helpful for me, even as I continue to study this theme that we have been hashing out for the past, past few months about integrity. I mean, it really does strengthen our relationships as you shared. So you start off telling us throughout the book about the importance of please. And you share that, you know, Christ, emptied himself. Can you talk to us about, you know, this idea of kenosis and just how important it is to say please as we humble ourselves like our Lord? Yeah. Well, I feel like leadership, uh, when you reach the highest level of leadership, it now empowers you to wash feet. That's how I see it, that, that the highest level of leadership is about take, taking the lowest place of being a servant to other people. That's what Jesus modeled. And so you have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, 
And then just imagine him washing the feet of his disciples. Like, I mean, that is leadership. So, and I think, please, instead of operating from a place of entitlement or a place of just telling people what to do, no one wants to be told what to do. Uh, a, a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. So there, there is a psychology, and, and this is true whether it's parenting or in a workplace environment, the people who actually get things accomplished, and, and this is going to sound bad, but the people who get their way are not the people who try to get their way. It's the people who try to empower other people, the people who try to bring the best out of others, the people who try to add value to other people's lives. So even if you're in a position to tell someone what to do, you put a please in front of it, it's going to go a lot better. And so I I think getting good at please um, is an example that Jesus set with the, the kenosis, the emptying of himself. And in a sense, that's my experience with prayer too, Liv. You know, to me, one of the most powerful prayers are, are these one word prayers, be it help or mercy. But please is a pretty powerful prayer as well when you just throw that one word out there and let the Lord figure out what you need, but, but put a please in front of it. That's good. That's good. Did y'all catch that? Anyone convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. I heard how you slid that in there. And that (laughs) is golden. That is golden. You know, you contrast Jesus who washed the feet of the disciples with Pilate who washed his hands of this situation. And um, I just want to ask, what exactly has it looked like for you to learn to move beyond some of those issues with people pleasing that you alluded to in the book? How? Because that is something that catches us up. We want to just wash our hands of the situation. So how do we humble ourselves so we can wash others' feet, even when it is incredibly uncomfortable? Yeah, well, I'm a I'm a work in progress. So as soon as I'm completely sanctified, I'll let you know. I wouldn't hold your breath. But I, I have learned a couple of things that you can't really care for people if you care too much about what they think about you. If you're like all bent out of shape about what do people think about me, then you can't really love them and care for them. And so somehow, You've got to get past your ego. I mean, ego is the enemy. You have to check your ego at the door. You have to nail your ego to the cross. And and I think, you know, we have this inbuilt desire to get our own way. But what one of my mantras, and it's almost a rule of life, is if it's not a win for you, it's not a win for me. Like, I, I am not going to play a zero-sum game where in order for me to win, you have to lose. I, I think we, we have to think bigger than that. And, uh, and so I always want to have the best interests of other people at heart. And when you operate that way, people know we all have this kind of built-in 
alarm system that we can see through the smoke screen of manipulation. We can see through the the smoke screen of people just trying to get their way. And and so I think this really comes down to, and I live, I I sort of my philosophy of ministry is Matthew 10. Be innocent as a dove and shrewd as a snake. Now, it's kind of a two-sided coin because shrewd, shrewd as a snake, um, in, in other words, uh, let's beat the enemy at his own game. Like the enemy has schemes. Can we out-scheme the schemer? Like let's, you know, things like the greatest message deserves the greatest marketing, criticized by creating, uh, write a better book, produce a better film, draft better legislation. So when I say shrewd as a snake, I'm just saying, like, let's be really good at what we do. But then you have to be innocent as a dove, because if you do something for the wrong reasons in the kingdom of God, it doesn't even count. It's it's like you get no credit if you do the right thing for the wrong reason. So that's why I love your emphasis on on integrity, because integrity at the deepest level is is motivational like is it extrinsic or is it intrinsic um and and what am i really trying to accomplish am i just trying to get my way or am i trying to make sure it's a win for everybody so um that we went in a few directions there i'd be curious your thoughts like how integrity relates to being uh innocent as a dove do you have any thoughts on that My goodness. Yes. You know, I have found that it is really important to ensure that we are continuing to check our motives, as you've already shared, that we are continuing to humble ourselves before the Lord and invite him to expose those inconsistencies within us. Sis, it is time for you to start communicating confidently about God's truth. And I am here to help you do that. Whether you want to begin launching your own podcast or you want to recognize your areas of strength and the opportunities of growth you have, you can find a variety of resources in the show notes below as well as at livedooly.com. It's there that you can access the seven podcasting essentials that I cannot do without, as well as the confidence quiz that I've prepared just for you. Now, go be great. You know, I wanted to ask you, you've talked about integrity there, and I appreciate that. This is just something that I really feel we need as a culture, particularly in the church, my goodness. There have been so many tragedies that we've just read about. And I don't call them scandals, I call them tragedies because we pursued influence at the risk of our integrity. And it has hurt so many people. So I want to ask you, for those out there who are listening, who have been in relationships with others who have failed to say sorry, who has failed to acknowledge their part in some of the pain that they have put others through. How do those who are on the receiving end of that keep showing up? 
how do they keep showing up when, you know, others just don't see the need to say sorry? Yeah. Well, that, there's not an easy answer because those circumstances are probably as unique as the person who is in them. So I want to be very careful not to give Absolutely. a generic answer. Um, but I, I would say a couple of things. Um, I've had a lot of people hurt me and say unkind things about me, say untruths about me. Um, and that's hard. But, but I also know that even though many of those people will never say sorry, um, if I hold on to an offense, if I have unforgiveness or bitterness, what I'm really doing, and I talk about this a little bit in the book, it's like someone drinking rat poison and thinking it's going to kill the rat. No, it's going to kill you. And so I would say, don't let them live rent-free in your head or in your heart. Um, there aren't any easy answers here. I, I am so deeply grieved by the volume of failures and fallings among senior leaders. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, Liv, I, I've always prayed, Lord, don't let my gifts take me where your grace can't sustain me, where my character can't sustain me, where my integrity is going to fall apart. So I don't, I don't want a blessing that's going to turn into a curse that I don't have the maturity to steward it. And, and quite frankly, I said, Lord, take me out, take me home before I would do anything that would discredit your name. So I, I think whenever I see someone, a high profile spiritual leader, for example, that is unfaithful to a vow or something that just, or an egregious kind of financial thing, I, you know, I, I want to have the humility to say, but for the grace of God, there go I, like none of us fly above temptation. At the same time, it's frustrating because then everybody else gets a black eye. Um, and, and the level of cynicism and skepticism, you could almost call it justified. You know, I, the state of Maryland just released um, some findings about 600 abuse cases involving Catholic priests. Like if you grew up in the Catholic church, like you have a choice to make. Um, am I going to throw the baby out with the bathwater? Or do I need to like process this maybe with some counseling in a way that helps me sift through hurt and pain and disappointment and others who have let me down. But then we always have response ability, the ability to choose our response. And, and that's where that sorry word comes into play because I want to make sure that I live without taking offense. And then I want to make sure that I'm saying sorry for anything and everything that I've done wrong. So there's no easy answers there, but that's kind of my my circling around uh, some some of the challenges that we're facing right now. Yeah, there's definitely no easy answer. Y'all, 
we have the ability to choose our response. Hmm. Let's choose forgiveness. Let's choose counseling and therapy when we need to. That is helpful. You spoke about how you have prayed that the Lord would sit you down before you do anything egregious. And I appreciate that. You know, early on in my leadership, in the various positions of ministry that the Lord called me to, I was so obsessed with moving fast that it wasn't until I was humbled in many ways that I realized slow growth is one of the greatest gifts God could ever give us. And you share a little word of caution in your book. You share that some people are so busy climbing the ladder of success that they fail to realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. You tell us to seek God and then opportunity will seek us. So my question is, what kind of advice might you give someone who has recognized that their motives and their priorities have been misplaced? What would you tell them to do now to really help to get that in check? Yeah, I think you go back to basics. And have you ever defined success? I, I ask that question all the time. Because if you've never defined success for yourself, then you're probably adopting a cultural definition, which may or may not be a good definition of success. Um, for me, success is when those who know me best respect me most. And that's my wife of 30 years and my kids are three kids who are all in their 20s now. And so, you know, I think that success is um, I'm better in private than public. But if I'm if I'm not, I hope I'm at least the same person. Like at least I'm the same in private as I am in, in public. So I I think you have to really wrestle with, you know, what are what are you trying to accomplish? Um, because I I don't think success is how much money you make. If anything, it would be how much you give. And I, I don't think success is like how many people work for you. It probably would be how many people you actively serve. So I just, I think defining what success is and, you know, what does it mean? Well done, good and faithful servant. What does that mean at the end of the day? And so Liv, I have, I have certain mantras that kind of remind me of what's important. And one of them is I want to be famous in my home. So I, I, Everything within me uh, is against any kind of celebrity culture in the church. It just doesn't belong here. Um, Jesus is the hero of the story. And uh, I tell you what, I have yet to meet someone with an unsanctified ego who actually wants the limelight and wants their fair share of the fame who doesn't run into trouble. It's just, it's gonna, it's gonna not end well if, if ego is involved. And so, um, you know, the Lord's good at humbling us and, uh, but I, I'd rather humble myself so he doesn't have to do it. By the way, uh, you can be doing the will of God and God can oppose it. 
And that sounds contradictory, but God opposes the proud. So if you're doing the right thing in the spirit of pride, God can't fully bless it. And so I want to make sure that I'm not just doing the will of God. I want to make sure I'm doing God's will, God's way. And that that's with a spirit of humility. That is so helpful. Y'all, celebrity culture does not belong in the church. And I thank you for how you've modeled that, Pastor Mark. You know, the first time I ever got on up or Zoom, I was like, what? <laughs> Pastor Mark is actually on here with his real name? It was just so weird. It was so weird. And so I appreciate that um, because there were a few things from you and Pastor Rob and Pastor Heidi that I needed to see in the particular time and space that I was in. And I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you one last question as we wrap up the conversation about this book. And that is, what are you thankful for today? When you just look all around you, what comes to mind first? Yeah. So. Please, sorry, thanks. Those three words, all of them are incredibly significant. My favorite part of the book was just writing about thanks. I, I just, what I try to do is, and Laura and I keep a gratitude journal, and then we share our gratitudes with each other uh, once a week when we Sabbath. And, and, and so, Every day I'm trying to find and, and nuance things that I'm grateful for in a new way. And so I often just Jedi mind trick myself, Liv. So, for example, I mean, right now we're on a merry-go-round called Planet Earth that's spinning a thousand miles an hour. Oh, and it's speeding through space at 67,000 miles per hour. So even on a day when you didn't get much done... You did travel 1.6 million miles through space. And so I just play mind games like that. You know, I, I remind myself that with every breath I take, uh, there are about 250 uh, trillion red blood cells, each with 260 million hemoglobin proteins that deliver oxygen to all the cells in my body. Like, that could keep us busy saying thanks all day long because with every breath, we all got to thank you. So I, I think it's the big things. I think it's the little things. I think it's everything in between. I think gratitude is a lifestyle and, uh, and it, it makes life so much more enjoyable. I mean, let's be honest. If you're looking for something to complain about, you will always find it. And you're looking for something to be grateful for you will always find it. So the, the question is, what are you looking for? Are, are you looking for something to complain about? Or are we every single day looking for something just to give genuine gratitude to God? Yeah, that's awesome. Before we let you go, can we ask you a couple of secrets? Yes. Super quick. Yes. No big yeah. deal. Uh, I love the it. first one is, in this fast, Case world that we live in. I know you speak about the need to move at the pace of a conversation. What do you do to slow down? You just shared that you and Laura take off and you Sabbath every week. What do you do to slow down? Well, there's a story about Jesus in a boat on the Sea of Galilee taking a nap. 
It's one of my favorite verses. <laughs> so but on a day where my schedule allows it, uh, there's a power nap in my future. Uh, so I, I sometimes slow myself down. It, you know, it's funny. I actually wear one of these, these infrared rings that gives me a sleep score. And I, cause I think that's a stewardship issue. So, um, one of the other ways that I slow myself down is actually exercise. Like when my head is spinning or my spirit is cluttered, I, I need to hop on a bike and get a few miles in or put my running shoes on and get a few miles in. And there's something about exercise that it's that change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. And then I actually encourage everybody who works at NCC, um, please use all your vacation days. It's good stewardship. Use all of them because you, you have to rest and recover. So that's, those are some of the ways that I try to slow down. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tell us about one or the name of one of your top five favorite books. Oh, that's a hard question. Oh, can, I, can I do authors? Yes, yes. Authors work. <laughs> so I love A.W. Tozer, Leonard Ravenhill, some of these old classic uh, Christian writers. But then I love Malcolm Gladwell. Adam Grant is really growing on me. So okay. I, I love I love authors that cross pollinate and mm -hmm. and bring studies and science and I kind of geek out on that stuff. So those are those are some of my favorite authors. Uh, just read one from Strength to Strength by Arthur Brooks that was a timely read. I really enjoyed that book. Yeah, awesome. I'm linking those authors and uh, that last book, Strength to Strength, for sure. The last thing that I'd like to know is what is bringing a smile to your face these days? Well, I have a new grand dog. Oh. <laughs> and she's a sweetie. I, I live, I believe in dog therapy. Um, and, uh, and so... Honestly, we have a we have a little dog too that doesn't wag her tail, wags her whole body. You can be gone for five minutes and come home, and it's like you've been gone for weeks. And she's so excited to see you. So it sounds silly, but you know it's really funny. After a long day of meetings, some of them full of you know hard decisions or a little bit of tension, kind of nice going home to a a dog that'll love you and lick you and just lay down in your lap. So that's that's my answer today. I love it. I love it. Well, y'all, I am linking all of the things down below, including please, sorry, thanks. The three words that change everything. So you can go on and pick those up. I am also giving away a copy to anyone who all you have to do is write a review. But make sure you put your name, sis. I cannot get you these books if you don't tell me who you are. Or go on and share it on Instagram. I would love, love, love to get you one of these. Pastor Marks, thank you so much for your time. We know how busy you are. So we appreciate this for sure. I appreciate this. Would you be so kind as to close this out in prayer? Absolutely. Well, Lord, thank you for everyone within earshot. 
There, there are no accidents. There are divine appointments. And so, Lord, I believe that an encouraging word was deposited in people's hearts today. And Lord, we pray that it would take root and bear fruit. And uh, Lord, we just look to you today. All of our hope is in you. We love you. We praise you. We give thanks for all of the good things that you've given to us. Lord, thank you today just for good old-fashioned common grace. Uh, the sun came up today, and uh, we have oxygen to breathe. And if we have a roof over our head and food to eat, we're pretty blessed. And so, Lord, we give you thanks, and we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. It is always so nice to spend a little quality time with you. Now, if you have a moment more, would you please head over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, or Spotify and leave a rating and review? It would truly help other women find this content. And I really would be very grateful. In between time, I am at Candid Live and Tanya is at Tanya.impactfully on Instagram. Hope to talk to you soon. Have a beautiful week. Love you.